Welcome everyone to the Pantheon of M. I'm your host, Ray. And I'm Epi. And today we're looking at Return of the Cape Crusader. Epi, break us down. What is this show about? Gotham. It turns out fine, but then it goes on its head because things don't seem, they seem upside down. You know, like people, you know, like Batman and Robin, something happens, which is interesting and makes um, Gotham weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say why, but it's interesting. Um, well, the, the beauty of this, okay, so the series came out in 1966. The movie was released in 2016, so it's been 50 years, 50 year anniversary of the release of the TV series when they do this movie. So. In essence, uh, Burt Ward and Adam West, who, who reprises their role as a dynamic duo, has had literally 47 years to think about what to do on this cartoon, you know, to contribute to like what things they didn't, could they not address, or as times, because they've seen the Adam West, uh, sorry, they've seen the uh, Michael Keaton Batman, they've, they've, they've seen or heard about the Christopher Nolan Batman, you know, uh, the Val Kilmer's version of it, you know, the... Um, uh, George Clooney version, you know, and then of course all these stuff that's been going, the, the MCU has been already out now. They were extremely self-aware of what it was back then and having an opportunity over the years to tweak it or to acknowledge the things about this movie or about the series that maybe bothered them or they wanted some sort of resolution for it because they couldn't do it in the actual series. They were able to do it here. So as a fan who grew up watching the car, watching the TV series, uh, they very wisely acknowledge a lot of the things in the series that if you watch the series, you're like, I don't, how are you like getting away with this? This is, this is just crazy. And it's like a wink to the audience. They are, they are very self-aware of the um, pitfalls of the series or things that were never tied up or things that were never spoken about. And they, and for the fans and those who watched this, and for those who watched it, uh, you were rewarded almost on every single second of this frame. There was something in it that was wisely put together to acknowledge the humongous fan base that was for the uh, 60 series. Wow. Okay. You there? I'm still there, so I'll just dig, I'll dig a little further, but I won't, as you say, I won't give away too, too many things. I'll just set up, okay. I'll set up the questions, sort of, of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, well, in the series, Batman had no equal, I and mean, he was the smartest guy in the room. You know, mm-hmm. Chief O'Hara, Commissioner Gordon, Robin himself. You know, sometimes you know, and other villains can really outsmart him. I mean, he understood. He he was a great the greatest detective on earth. You know. And then you, you get these clues. The Riddler would give him these clues. And then Batman and Robin would think, go through these clues, try to figure it out, and go from point A to point Z in like 13 seconds. And everyone else is just st- stumbling there. Like, how do you get from peanut butter to the Gotham Museum of Natural History and Art that had the on the on the third day of each month? Like, how they get from one point to the other point is it's just baffling. Mm-hmm. Um, but... 
they make it seem so like they're so cool and it's that's the thing they do the best that's what they're good at um and until you're an adult you realize this is bonkers this is straight up madness crazy stuff that's going on um but but in that same uh tone uh so Batman had no equal. They realized the only person who can who can like be his equal will be himself, you know. So mm -hmm. they so they actually had to pit Batman versus Batman in a way that you know, like man versus himself. That's the only villain left, right? Like that's the only uh, you know you can't smart you you can't really outsmart yourself if you're if you're your own worst enemy. Right. If that makes any sense to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Uh, they give you that Freudian logic in this in this movie, uh, and I think that was really cool. Now, as you're saying, the place goes kind of what was your word? It goes kind of crazy. The town goes kind of yeah. nuts. Yeah. So in that process, uh, yeah, the the movie goes on a, in a on a on a wild journey unto itself. Um, cool. What did you think of the the dialogue? Because you know how this, like how he says your felonious villains, your like he's over descriptive in how he describes everybody, like how he talks. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Of, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, very, I don't know, not really cursing or anything. Different mm -hmm. language, like somebody who doesn't want to swear. Yeah, it caters really to the PG-13 audience, or, or yeah. just PG, sorry, not 13. Uh, uh, Aunt Harriet, it's great because they acknowledge her, you know, because mm -hmm. she was a woman who, who was living with them, and you would think, like, after so many years, you, right. know, you know, like, like you think she might have an idea what was going on. They sort of hint to that. So mm -hmm. they, they really play up on a lot of, like, possibilities of what the series – should have gone for could have gone into or further explored mm -hmm. and it was really nice uh and you know and seeing him get angry for the first time you know or and then the world of gotham city a little bit more sophisticated not too cartoony uh it was really good uh but yet to keep all the same kind of like trope like the car the parachute you know for the braking and all that stuff so you know the bat bazooka and the the bat spray and uh, knockout yeah. gas and bat cuffs and bat barricade, like all the stuff that they had in the series, they brought it out. And so it was great. It was great. And they, they even showed you the bat Tusi and when him holding the giant like um, bomb over his head in the cartoon at the end, like which, yeah. which kind of hits because hints to the '60s movie. So uh, there's a lot of throwbacks to the past. Even the three Catwomen's who played Catwoman, Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar. And Lee Merriweather, um, there's a scene where they actually acknowledge that there were, there were three different Catwomen at, at, at one point. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the cartoon film, they took the time, I, uh, I, and I could appreciate this, to acknowledge all the little nooks and crannies of the, of the show that fans grew up watching, whether it was Egghead, Bookworm, you know, Shane, um, False Face. King Tut, like all the villains from the past, mm -hmm. had a cameo in this. What were your thoughts? Like, did you? What were your thoughts? And was there any cameos that, that you saw that was? Oh, you remember this character from back in the day? Yeah, definitely it was really good, really fun, fun to see. I was thinking, has Batman and uh, Robin gone crazy with what they've done? I couldn't believe it. 
like what would cause them to do this? Oh, well, the, the funny thing is they can actually explain to you. It was drugs. You got, oh, okay. they, were, they, were, they were drugs. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were drugs. <laughs> yeah, it took, yeah, they were. It took drugs for them to go crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was actually, Batman was high on something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, sorry. Only because you brought it up that it actually hit me in the wrong way. I'm like, oh yeah, he was on something. Batman goes crazy because he's on drugs. Mm. <laughs> and there, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and because the irony was like, because he's like, well, you know, because they were saying in the break before he's on drugs, he goes, well, you know, we we're, we're coming after these criminals, but we got to cross at the crossing walk. So you got mm. <laughs> he's so straight laced. Like you gotta do everything by the book, you know, and we're, we're have a seatbelt on and do this right and do this right and cross at the mm-hmm. crossing walk because we're deputized uh, citizens of the police, whatever it is. And then then he does he gets he gets a stroke of like drugs on his system and then all things are out the window. <laughs> yeah, really cool. How come I would have liked to see more uh, villains that that have no that um will there be any other villains to do that well you know it's a good thing you brought this up um the, well first with, to answer the first part of the question the villains yeah i think they try to get as much villains from the prison break the, that was the thing there's a prison break in this so the best way to give cameos to every villain in the past whether it's shame false face tut uh egghead uh bookworm um, uh, I don't, I, I can't remember how many other villains there were, even the goon, like a henchman that were part of Catwoman's henchman or the, or the Riddler's henchman or, or what have you. Uh, the, oh, they even had the, uh, Siren. Is, is, is her name Siren? Mm-hmm. The one was played by John Collins. Um, oh yeah. So they had, every, I think, I don't think they have the London Fog, like the Fog, uh, the Mistress Fog, or whatever it is from the past. From that, that was that was a Batgirl crossover one. Um, but they had almost every villain. Louis, Louis the Lilac, they had. Uh, so yeah, they had almost. I think they had every major villain in the series appear in the from the Prison Break. Mm-hmm. Batman and Robin had a fight uh, in that in one oh, yeah. of the sequences. So yep. I think they really, I think they did a callback to everybody. I mean, no one spoke because they're, they're fighting, but you get a visual sense of everything. And they do a hint of that ray gun that was used in at the at the UN in, at the in the mm-hmm. finale of the TV television movie, like the actual sixty yep. movie. So the throwback to oh. that. So so if you're a fan of every single episode and if you're a fan of them or the movie there's something in it to um acknowledge for the fan base um as for the um as for the other part of your question um there won't there was never going to be a second one and adam west passed away a year later uh he mm-hmm. had leukemia he was dying of cancer of blood cancer oh so, uh, but they knew, Burt uh, Ward and, of course, Adam West and his family knew that, you know, this was, he was at the end of his uh, tenure as Batman or, you know, and, but he was servicing the fan. Like, he went on a world tour with Burt Ward to go to every single Comic-Con to say hello to the fans, like, one last time. And as a result, I was kind of grateful that I was able to go to the Toronto version, Toronto's Comic-Con, his last cool. time ever. So I recorded some of the, um, the Q&A. 
mm-hmm. with uh, Adam West and Burt Ward. So I'm going to put that in the audio version of the podcast. Uh, I have like maybe seven different uh, sound bites. So I'm not sure which one I'll use. So uh, if you're listening to the audio version, uh, whether it's on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you'll, 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 you'll be able to hear it. I'll make sure I'll have something in their place in place of that. Um, cool. But yeah, so this, this was going to be the last one. And I think because of that, uh, they wanted to make sure that everything maybe um, could be addressed. There's even the sequence with Jill St. John where uh, she dies in the nuclear power um, generator. So they did a tribute to that with a scene with Catwoman and Robin. So they really played up on every single nook and cranny uh, of acknowledging the past in this. Um, so I was impressed by it, you know, and, and, and as, sorry, and as a fan or as a non-fan of the, of the series, if you've never seen it, there's so much going on that, and it's catered to you in a, in a, such a simplistic way that if you had no backstory knowledge of where the source material is on said scene, you'd still enjoy it. Like you don't have to know the history of the series or of the television or of the, tel- of the movie or of the, or, or of the villains in this to appreciate what you're watching. And that mm. is extraordinary. You can watch yeah. this with clean eyes or a fresh pair of eyes and love it. And you can watch this as a fan growing up with it and love it. Or, or even a, a fan who, or someone who saw a couple episodes and still enjoy what you're seeing. And, and for, and for young and old, because of the way it's drawn and the way it caters to uh, the ones who are, who are familiar with it, uh, you're going to have a really nice cross section of past and present, old and young, who should enjoy this. Wow, cool. And, and it is very, it is extremely family friendly. And there are innuendos between Catwoman and, and him. And there are so many stuff that's in there that's still kind of like subversive. And it still manages to do it all and do it well. So, cool. uh, so with that, I'll end this off. I will say I'm Ray. I'm Abby. We'll see, see you next time. Take care. Bye.